thank you for it. Well, um, what I want to be sharing about this morning, and I just love the worship songs, all the word, prophetic words that were coming, because the subject of, my, of what I'm sharing with you this morning is the finished work of Christ. Glenn was sharing about it. Yeah, you know, everybody else that got up there was saying things about it. So my central theme here about the finished work of Christ is it's done, 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 done. My proposition is, is that every person, every one of us sitting in here this morning, every person should receive the abundance of his grace and the finished work in all areas of our lives, in righteousness, health, relationships, money. Why? Why should we receive that? Why should every person receive the abundance of his grace and the finished work in all areas of our life? Well, it's because of the sacrifices that Jesus has made. That's why we should receive. He paid tremendous prices for, for what the abundance that he's released to us, the abundance of his grace in righteousness, our health, our relationships, our money. I'm not sure we'll get past our righteousness this morning. We may not get to the other three. We might. We'll just see how we go here. So we're going to just, we're going to get, get going here and we'll start covering that one first. But here's, here's the issue. The issue is, is what happens to us on a daily basis? What goes through our thoughts? The thoughts inside. What's our inner conversation? When we sin, when we do good, either way, what's going on inside of us? What are we thinking about? You know, are we, you know, there's a, there's a wide spectrum. Every one of us sitting here in this room, there's a wide spectrum of where, where we're each at or where we could be at or what actually goes off inside of us. I mean, we, we could sin. Maybe you sinned this morning. I'm probably sure I did. I think I did. I think I remember repenting of one thing this morning already. You know? So, but what happens when, the, when we sin? Do we think, well, man, did it again? What's the on, inner conversation? Mm, okay. All right, Lord, I repent. I changed my mind. I'm going to do better. I'm going to work harder at this. I'm going to receive your word. I'm, you know... You know, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to write anything yet. Um, what about when something good happens? What's our inner conversation? Are we struggling with pride when somebody pats us on the back? Is there a little struggle going on? Oh, Lord, I don't want to be proud. No, they really gave me some accolades. You know, and are we struggling with that? What's the inner conversation? Is it, I can't get proud. I'm not going to get proud. No, I'm going to resist that pride, you know? Or is it a dependency on Jesus, Lord? Same thing when we sin. Are we thinking about, am I, I'm going to do this? Or are we thinking, Lord, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Those, the worship songs shared the entire message this morning, really, about our righteousness. It really did. It's just, but where are we at? What struggles are we going through? And um, whatever those inner thoughts are, 
or where we're at in the spectrum here. Um, over here is the Old Covenant. I'm going to have to hold this. It's Old Covenant. Over here is the New Covenant. that board a lot if you do that. Over here's the law. The Ten Commandments. Over here's grace. Over here's dependency. Depend on what I can do, do, do about that. Whether it's something sin or good. Whatever's going on in our life that day. Over here is a dependency. I'm sorry. Is a dependency upon the finished work of Christ and what he has done Done. Done. You know how are we? How are we responding to things? You know, when you re- when you run a red light. How many have run a red light in the last 25, 30 years? I think every one of us. Now, when you ran the red light, did you sin? And and, and why are you saying you sinned? Yeah, because sin is the violation of the law, right? Whatever law that is. What about the law you're setting up for yourself? I am not going to eat sugar or wheat for three months. I'm just not doing that. What kind of laws are you setting up internally inside of yourself? Do you know what the strength of sin is? What's the strength of sin? No. Yes. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you for your help. (laughs) Yeah. The strength of sin is the law. Okay. So I wasn't very love God, love people. That's the first two commandments, right? That's the commandments, the law, the Ten Commandments. It's over here. It's the Old Covenant, though. So if you try to obey and do, 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 and okay, I'm going to do better. I'm going to repent. I'm going to, I'm going to do. And you're depending on who's here. This is self. Self-dependence here. Who are you depending on here? Yeah, on Jesus. We're depending on Jesus. I depend on myself. To get it right, I depend on myself to get it right, or I'm depending on Jesus I'm depending on Jesus what 
I'm depending on what Jesus did. Sorry. To get it right. Anyhow, you get it. I'm not being real good on that, but it's better than I would have done on the little pad that they were trying to help me to do this morning. <laughs> we're doing. We're depending on what Jesus did in shedding His blood in His broken body. That's what we're doing there under that. His finished work. Over here, we're depending on our good works. Over here, we're depending on the finished work. So, I run, this, I run the red light. I've sinned. What am I doing right then? Well, no, there's no cops watching. Isn't that our normal response? Oh, yeah. And then what's the next step? Oh, man. All right. Next time, next time. Next time, I'm going to stop when it turns yellow. Next time. And what happens about 10 miles down the road? Ran another red light. Okay. Because what did I do? I set up, I, what did I strengthen? I, was strength, I strengthened sin in my life. By saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to do, do, do. I'm going to do something here to get this right. So what did I just do? I just strengthened the crazy thing. I'm not going to eat wheat and sugar. I'm just not going to do that. What did I just do? I'm going to be eating sugar. and Dan, I'm going to be packing down the cookies tonight. <laughs> what is this? It's crazy. Isn't this exactly what Paul said in Romans? He said, you know, the very thing I want to do, I don't do it. Ah, and then the things I really want to do, I really want to stay off that sugar and wheat. I said, I just, gosh. So what am I agreeing with then? What is doing it? Well, it is sin. Hey, you guys, I've got some good news for you. i got some good news for you today. Sin is present, but it doesn't have power over you anymore. It has no power over you. you. Whatever it is, whatever that sin that's present, it may never go away. I don't know if you ever saw that one movie where the, the guy, his guys, well, never mind, I won't go there. But um, <laughs> sin will, may always be present, but you don't have to think. You know, as a man thinketh, so is he. So it's what we're thinking about when something happens, good or bad. Where are we on this spectrum here? I'm trusting God's going to get wherever we are here. He's going to take the Richter scale over here for us. And we're really going to come to a place to where, Lord, I just ran that red light. But I'm trusting in your finished work. I'm not going to do anything about it. You paid for it. Look at you guys. This is done, done, done. 2,000 years ago. He paid for it. He's done it. He did it for your righteousness. He did it for your relationships. He did it for your health. He did it for your finances. Come on, we don't talk about this very much, but you know what the scripture says? It says he became poor so that we would become rich. Oh my gosh, 
Could that just get into us? That's why we need the Holy Spirit, you see? It needs to get in here. So our inner conversation begins to become, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sin comes before us, and it's pulling on us, and we go, you don't have any power. I'm over here. Uh, I'm at... I don't care if you're tempting me. I don't care if I feel you strong in my heart or in my head. You don't have power over me. Come on, this is Jesus alive inside of us. Jesus, I'm not going to do anything because you did something. It's, it's done. You did it happened to that thing. That thing nearly fell down. <laughs> you know what? You know what? There's no brown thing here. <laughs> Dang. So, we're going to have to use green to go along with this tree here. There's really two trees. There is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's over here. There is the tree of life. When we face somebody patting us on the back, giving us an accolade, do we recognize what tree that came from, the good that came out of our life? Remember Jesus saying, they said, oh, good master, blah, 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 blah. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, good master? What are you talking about? He said, don't you understand there's no one that's good but God. So when, when we do something good and good comes out of our life and we get an accolade or a pat on the back, that was a good job, good word, thank you very much. What do we do with that? Where are we on the spectrum here? Oh, I'm not going to get proud, I'm not going to get proud, I'm not going to get proud. What are you doing? You're do, do, do? No, 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 it's done, done, done. It's, it's about him, it's about his life. You just say, thank you. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for saying that. And we know immediately in our heart, it was from the tree of life. There's no good that can come out of me except for from the tree of life. It's, it's done. I mean, I don't care what sin you sinned or what sin you have sinned over and over or what sin you're going to sin in the future. Let me tell you, it is done. You've got to face it's done. You really have to come to grips with it is done. There's nothing I can do. And I'll tell you, if you come over here under that grace and you receive that abundance of his grace, because really the whole, the whole um, message here is coming from Romans 5.17. We have received an abundance of his grace. 
and the free gift of his righteousness. Tree of life. That we may reign in life through, our good, through, through, through that righteousness and grace. We're going to reign in life. I, I don't know if you're real familiar with that scripture, but it says so that we can reign in life through that righteousness, that abundance of grace. No, it says, so that we can, we have received an abundance of his grace and the free gift of his righteousness so that we may reign in life through Jesus Christ. So how are you going to reign over that? How are you going to reign over sin? How are you going to reign over good, evil? How are you going to reign over good and evil? You know, we're not supposed to eat from that tree. What are you doing eating from that tree when you sin? Okay, all that's evil, all that's good. Don't even eat there. Just eat from the tree of life. Listen, there's a new covenant. Jesus said, look at this. Come on, you guys. Come on. You know? I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you the abundance of my grace and the free gift of my righteousness. Amazing, it's in red. Now, what did you pay for that, Robert? I just, I just gave you the abundance of my grace, Jesus speaking, and the free gift of my righteousness so that you could reign every day, over every situation, every circumstance, even your sin, anything good you do, anything bad you do, no matter what hits you, you can reign through me. I'm in you. I I just gave it to you. How much did he pay for that? How much are you going to pay when you do good or you do evil? What are you, got, what are you thinking? There, here's the issue. It's what's going off internally in us. It's not what you're listening to, not, not your outer spirit right now. That's, you know, it's good. It's, it's when something happens and you're going through those internal thoughts. That's where this counts. That's where we want the Holy Spirit to get it down into the heart, into the thoughts and intents of our heart. Because that's where these things go off that goes, oh man, man, I feel horrible about that. I'm not doing that anymore. Instead of, Lord, here, Lord, oh, that was wicked. But thank you, 2,000 years ago, you finished it. You paid for it. Okay, all right, all right. So you've sinned the same sin over and over again for the last 20 years. Not often, but periodically. You got angry with your wife. You've been married 30 years. You got angry with your wife maybe 10 times in the 30 years. But you just got angry the other day. Jesus said anger is like murder. The Ten Commandments says thou shalt not kill. Holy Spirit, we need your help. We need your help. This tree is rooted in self-effort. I'm going to be a good Christian. I really am. I'm going to do better. I'm going to babble on. I'm going to repent. I'm going to get this right. This tree 
is rooted in Jesus himself. Who is Self-effort to be good. That tree is rooted in self-effort to be good. That tree of life is rooted in Jesus himself who is good. I wonder why Paul said, I die every single day so that the very life of Jesus Christ himself, Isaac, can be manifested in my mortal body. What was he dying to every day? I think he was dying to this because he really knew this. And he really followed the Jewish law and the Ten Commandments and all. So is there mixture? And where is mixture in our life? Is there a mixture of law and grace in us? A little mixture of our effort and depending on Jesus and his shed blood. Well, the Lord wants to shift us completely into the new covenant. Well, then how in the world do I love God and love people? How do I actually fulfill the Ten Commandments? Is, is it, oh, come on. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Okay, I won't jump. How's our time, Andrew? 20 minutes? We have 20 minutes to read all those scriptures? Oh my gosh, I better get moving. Okay. Romans 3, 19 through 31. I'm just going to read this to you because I'm reading it to you out of the New Living Translation, which is what Pastor Trout uses right now in our services. So I'm going to read to you. Obviously, the law applies to those whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to bring the entire world into judgment before God. For no one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what his law commands. For the law, for, for the more we know God's law, the clearer it becomes that we aren't obeying it. Isn't that true? Love God and love people. Just try it. Just, 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 just try it. Oh my God. I just murdered my wife. I got angry. You know, I broke the law. Obviously, I can't keep this in. The clearer it becomes that we aren't obeying it. But now God has shown us a different way of being right in His sight. Not by obeying the law, but by the way the but by the way promised in the scriptures long ago, thousand years ago. We are made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in this same way, no matter who we are or what we have done. For all have sinned, all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet now God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. He has done this through Christ Jesus 
who has freed us by taking away our sins. For God sent Jesus to take the punishment for our sins and satisfy God's anger against us. I've got to stop right there. I'm going to read a few more of those scriptures, but come on. You mean you've sinned the same sin 20,000 times? Okay, I know that's an exaggeration, but sometimes we think that in our inner thoughts, right? And for sure he's going to get angry with me this time. You mean Jesus didn't pay for that one? You mean he only paid for a certain amount? Oh, he paid for your sins before you became a Christian. Now you're a Christian. Now you're responsible to obey those commands and do good. That means you've got a new spirit. You've got to do good. I don't think so. Just try it. I have. And it doesn't work. No. No, let me tell you some let me tell you some good news. Let me tell you some good news. All of God's anger for all of your sin, past, present, and future, all that anger was spent on Jesus. Totally spent. Totally spent. He doesn't have any left. If the if the devil or your own heart comes along and condemns you and says, Oh man, God's gonna be angry with you on that one. You can say, are you kidding me? He can't get angry anymore. He spent it all 2,000 years ago. It's done, done, done. That's good news. Remember one of our first home groups when we first began this church. And I stood up and I said, you guys, I'm wrestling with something here. Because, you know, I'm wondering why I don't bring too many people to Jesus. And I said, I think maybe it's because I'm not sure I really believe the good news. Do I really believe the good news? Or am I going to tell somebody, you know, Jesus died for your sin and and, and, and it's all clean and and, and he's going to fill you with his Holy Spirit. But when you become a Christian then, you have to make sure that you obey the commandments. Jesus even said, obey my commands. You know, what's discipleship all about? Teach them to obey all that I've, you know, I've commanded you. Yeah, we know that. So we're, I'm teaching Don to obey everything God, I'm, te- I'm teaching him to obey everything God says and his word. So how do we do it? Let's read on here. We are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed his blood, sacrificing his life for us. God was being entirely fair and just when he did not punish those who sinned in former times. And he's entirely fair and just in, in, the, in this present time when he declares sinners to be right in his sight because they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then? Where's pride? Where's the temptation of pride? Well, we can't boast. What can we boast of? He did it. Done, done, done. Jesus is doing it all. He's in the root of our tree here. Jesus himself, who is good. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? How about today? How about after you've been a Christian for 50 years? I don't think so. I don't think we can boast at all. No, because our acquittal is not based on our good deeds. It's not based on us being good. It's just not. That's an old tree. Jesus said, look, I'm taking care of the old tree. Didn't work. I'm giving you a new tree. It's me. 
So we are made right with God through our faith and not by obeying the law. After all, God is not the God of the Jews only, is he? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There's only one God, and there's only one way of being accepted by him. He makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Only by faith in what? Faith in this tree, faith in Jesus, faith in done, 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 faith in that. So when I go through the red light, I go, all right, I thank you. I did sin, but I thank you for what you did 2,000 years ago. And I'm just going to go on now because you took care of that and you're forgiving me for it. You're not forgiving me for it today. You forgave it. You forgave it 2,000 years ago. He's not forgiving me today. He already did it. He he said, it's finished, God. I've done it. I've forgiven you all time. So you don't sit around in condemnation. He makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Love God and love people? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith Do we really fulfill the law? Let me tell you some good news. Let me tell you some good news, Isaac. Oh, baby, come on. This is good news. Jesus says, I have a new covenant for you. He says, that's my old covenant, the Ten Commandments. And I'm telling you, Jesus said, I'm telling you, teach everyone to observe everything I've commanded and make sure you obey my commands. But I'm making a new covenant with you. The red box. This is the new covenant. My blood was shed. And here's what the scripture says. You look it up. I don't have its address right here right now, but you look it up. It's there. It's there in the Old Testament. It's there in the New Testament. He says, I'm going to make a new covenant with my people. I'm going to write my laws, these Ten Commandments, Love God and love people. I'm going to write these laws in their hearts and in their minds. I'm going to write it right into the fabric of your being. Come on. This is good news. We don't have to obey the commands. You know why? Because they're in us. It's part of who we are. I'm sitting there last Sunday here a few days ago, a week ago today. I'm sitting at my mom, on my mom's porch, and I'm looking out, you know, and, and I'm looking at this house, and I'm remembering the, the Mexicans that were over there. No, nothing against Mexicans. It just was, that was the family. And I remember all the houses we broke into and broke all the windows, you know. And then the house next door, I'm remembering that car, that old Chevy, 1940 Chevy that we used to hotwire and go joy riding around, you know, when I was too young to actually drive and everything. And I'm looking at that, and all of a sudden I'm going, well, I do have memories of that, but that's not who I am. I'm a brand new creature. And you know something? Something's written into you. When you came to Christ, I'm sorry, you did not come to Christ. He came to you. He picked you out. He saved you. It's done, done, done. He did it. You're not going to do nothing for this. Nothing for this Christian walk. I'll tell you, he's not going to do nothing for this. I mean, you're not going to do nothing for this Christmas walk. No, no, I'm telling you. Come on. 
It's written into the very fiber of your heart and your mind. Do you know what that means? If I'll just focus myself and eat of the tree of life all day long, throughout the day, no matter what happens, sin or good or whatever, guess what's going to happen through my life? I'm going to love God and love people. I'm not going to murder. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to do... Why? Because I'm trying not to? Because I'm making a decision. I'm not doing that again, man. I failed there. No, no. Lord, I'm receiving the abundance of your grace and the free gift of your righteousness. I am the righteousness of God. I know I just sinned. But that doesn't matter because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what matters. That's God's word. It doesn't matter what condemnation comes from Satan or from my own heart. It does not matter. What matters is the word of God. He says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you are. Okay, so I'm going to just repeat that over and over. I am the righteousness of God. I I know I sinned. Lord, you forgave me. I am the righteousness of God. I'm... No, you don't have to say it. You don't have to repeat it over and over so that it'll become true. So that you'll become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, no. He said, the word of God says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what you think or what you repeat. You are. You don't repeat it so you can become it. Same thing with Jesus. He became poor so that I am rich. And that's talking about financial. Okay? Finished work. He did it. Now, so I, should I repeat that so that I can become rich and have money? No. It's just so. You are the righteousness of God. You are the riches of God. He became poor. You became rich. Look, what about healing? I'm touching these real quickly because I think I'm already out of time. <laughs> what about healing? He did it. Done. He said, by my stripes, you were healed. I don't have to repeat that over and over again so I can get my healing. No. I don't have to do that. It's true. So if we would come under this abundance of his grace and get radical on grace, if wherever we are in the spectrum of what those inner conversations are, Oh my gosh, we didn't get through, not, we only got through one scripture. Oh my gosh. You guys want to keep going for a little bit? Anybody got their engagements at noon? Are you, I'll keep going if you want me to keep going or I'll stop. Okay, Galatians 3, Galatians, uh, you don't have to turn there. Galatians, oh, let's just do it. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of Jesus' blood redeemed us from the curse of the law. Is that a curse? Love God and love people? Is that a curse? No, he didn't say he redeemed us from the law. He says he redeemed us from the curse of the law. So, Andrew, what's the curse of the law? It's trying to obey it. That's what didn't work. It's my effort to obey the law of God. That's the curse. It doesn't work. You've tried it. I've tried it. It doesn't work. We come to church and we all look nice, but we all know in our hearts, man, this isn't working. 
I've been trying this all week long, man. I got mad at the boss. I ran a red light. You know, I had an evil thought. Oh, by the way, evil thoughts aren't sin, so don't worry about that. It's just there. Sin nature, look at The sin nature is there. I got it too. It's there. I'm recognizing it, and I'm struggling. I'm going, God, what am I doing with this thing? What am I going to do with this thing? He's going, what do you mean? Steve, the sin nature is there, but it does not have power over you. Hopefully, that's the next set of scriptures. I don't know, but, oh, man, there's too many scriptures. We'd be here all day. Okay. Where were we going? We were going to Galatians, huh? We were going to Galatians 3. For those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scripture's sake, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all these commands that I have written in this in God's book of the law. Consequently, consequently, it is clear that no one can ever be right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. How different. From this way of faith is the way of the law, which says, if you wish to find life by obeying the law, you must obey all of its commands. But Christ has rescued us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through the work of Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he pronounced on Abraham. And we Christians receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Thank you, Jesus. Well then, why was the law given? It was given to show people how guilty they are. That's all it's there for. Show us how guilty we really are and that we really do need this finished work and we really do need Jesus himself who is good to be manifested through our mortal bodies. But this system of law was to last only until coming to, until the coming of the child. This system, this old covenant, was all, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was only to last until the coming of Jesus and his shed blood and his new covenant and him writing them into our very fabric of our being, our hearts and minds. Now we're under this new covenant, this abundance of grace. It's done. It's done 2,000 years ago. This system of the law was to last only until the coming of the child to whom God's promise was made. And there, is, and there is this further difference. God gave his laws to angels to give Moses. 
who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is needed if two people enter into the agreement. But God acted on his own when he made this promise to Abraham. Well then, is there a conflict between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could have given us new life, we could have been made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures have declared that we are all prisoners of sin. So the only way to receive God's promise is to believe in Jesus Christ. To believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, just a couple more scriptures. You okay? Okay, we won't read sections, I think, now. I think we'll just... Romans 5.17. We have received the abundance of his grace and the free gift of his righteousness that we may reign in life through Jesus Christ. Romans 6.14. Sin is no longer your master, for you are no longer subject to the law which enslaves you to sin. Instead, instead, you are free by God's grace. Sin no longer has the reign. Yes, it's present, but it no longer has the reign over you because you're not under law. You're not pressed to have to obey God, love God, love people, don't steal, blah, blah, blah. You're under grace. So you've received this abundance of his grace. It's written into the fabric of your being. And because of that, that sin nature is there. And, and, and you may sense it. You may feel it. It may be trying to come at you tomorrow, today, this afternoon, earlier. But guess what? You can basically ignore it. You don't have to fight to fight it off so it doesn't get you. It doesn't have power over you. It's not going to get you. It's not going to get you. Now, here's the other thing, and I'll finish with this, and, and I'll just tell you the scriptures. Romans 8, 1. Well, that's it. That's where we're going right now. Romans 8, 1. Okay. Romans 8, 1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. King James adds, for those who walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Okay, so there is condemnation then if I'm walking in the flesh, right? That's actually what that says, right? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Well, it was the translators that took the original word of God that said there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Period. The translators couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe you could just be in the tree of life. So they added, uh, yeah, to those who walk you know, effort, so come on, some effort here who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. That was added on. That's not there. You can read my Bible. You can read this Bible here. This is a different translation. They both say there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Period. 
And there, it isn't, there isn't any more for that verse. Which means this. When the enemy comes to you and says, you did it again. You're never going to change. You're going to always be the same. What if it's not Satan? What if it's your own heart? And your own heart's sitting there going, man, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to change. I've done this over and over and over again, and it's the same stinking thing. And you come under condemnation. Well, when is there no condemnation? Come on, that's not, that's not rhetorical. Everybody say, now. When is there no condemnation? Now. Well, when is now? Right. And, and is every moment of your life that you live now? Yeah. So guess what happens? Guess what you can do? When the condemnation comes to condemn you for what you just did, you just ran a red light, you've ran them before, God's, God's going to be angry with you, blah, 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 blah. You can say, uh-uh. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And I'm in Christ because he put me there. I didn't do that. He did that. That's his work. That's why you're sitting in this room today. Because Jesus put you there. He put you in Christ. And there's now no condemnation. And there's always now no condemnation. So when you start getting condemned, just shut it down. Say, forget you. And forget you, whoever you are in me that's trying to name thoughts and intents of my heart that's trying to condemn me. Because there's now no condemnation. That's God's word. And I don't care what I feel or think. It doesn't matter what I care. It doesn't matter what I think or feel. Or what I believe. It doesn't matter. What matters is what God's word says. And it says there's now no condemnation. Oh, maybe we should stop. I don't know. You think, you think we should stop, Sue? Sue thinks we should stop. So, and she's my wife, you know, so, and I don't want to get condemned later in the car on the way home. You didn't listen to me, and I told you when to stop. Okay, I'll just, I'll just tell you these scriptures. You can go read them. Romans 9, 31 through 32, Romans 10, 2 through 13, and Romans 11, 6. And, yeah, okay, that was Romans 9, 31 through 32 first part of 32, uh, Romans 10, 2 through 13, and Romans eleven six. 6. That's all there was left. So, thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just are asking you to seal this word in our hearts. Lord, so that as we go forth from here, we will declare that we are the righteousness of God, not so that we can become righteous, but that's what you did. You did that 2,000 years ago. So we're inviting you right now, Holy Spirit, to shore up this word. Don't let it out. Don't let it dissipate. Don't let it go away. There's now no condemnation. Lord, let us confess that. Lord, every time the enemy comes or our own heart tries to condemn us for anything we've done or will do in the future, that we can stand up on your word and say, there's now no condemnation. Jesus finished the work. Jesus' blood was sufficient. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We thank you and we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Lord.